Welcome to the NFL. Welcome to the NFL, rookie. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Rookie Rundown. As always, I am your host, Dallas. You can find me on Twitter at Salad Galore with two L's. That is S-A-L-L-A-D Galore. It's great to be back, guys. This is officially my first podcast of the 2022 year, the calendar year, not the fantasy season, but it is the fantasy off season. And as the incumbent first episode of the 2022 season, I'm actually going to be doing a little bit of a recap on, you guessed it, the bowl games. I'm going to be talking about some players that have impressed me and depressed me over the last couple weeks. I've got some big names, some small names, some people you probably haven't even heard of. Um, I'm here to talk about every position as always, but in this specific case, I will be talking about two players at the quarterback, the running back, the wide receiver, and the tight end position, as well as a couple of bonus players. This is going to be a little bit of a quick hitter just to give you guys some ideas on some guys that have impressed me, met some expectations that I had for them, and maybe even exceeded them for a couple of these guys, and then some guys with lofty expectations or even just pretty much even keel straight down the middle expectations that completely flopped during their bowl games and actually set some red flags off for me when I'm looking at their profile as a whole. So, like I said, we're going to start off with the quarterback position. Um, All in all, there weren't a lot of quarterbacks that actually impressed me. Um, Pretty much anyone of note in this class didn't really play. And if they did play, they were pretty, pretty sad showing. So when it comes to the positive at the quarterback position, the guy that impressed me the most was Mr. Jack Cohn out of Notre Dame. Uh, He put on a show when he needed it to even remotely have some draft capital as a player who's just kind of an even keel middle of the road college quarterback is basically what he's been over the last two years. But looking at his bowl game in the spotlight, the middle of the New Year's six day games, he goes up even though it's a loss to Oklahoma State, and he throws for over 500 yards with five passing touchdowns, no turnovers. And yes, I get it. He threw the ball almost 70 times, but he still had a 60-plus percent completion percentage, and he looked good. Um, He didn't look frazzled. He did what he needed to to keep the team in the game because for some reason Notre Dame was incapable of running the ball in that bowl game, um, probably because they were out without their main man, Kyron Williams. Um, But looking at it, he impressed enough that I think he's going to get draft capital. I think he will get picked up. It's going to be interesting to see if he actually does come out. Um, He is a senior he could feasibly stay again. I believe he has another year of eligibility, but I don't think it's smart to. I think there's quite a few guys in the 2023 class that could be higher than him. So look for him to come out. He could feasibly be a pretty good backup in the league. Um, again, none of these guys really blew off the screen that I think have the draft capital to say that I was impressed with them. But he's a guy I actually like in this class a little bit more than I did. Um, I'm excited to look a little bit more tape if he does actually declare here in the next week or so. Um, The guy at the quarterback position, there's actually two. Um, I took one on the chin with Desmond Ritter. Um, Specifically, I won't really... I won't really talk about the Cincinnati players all that much because, one, it was Alabama. Yes, I get it. You want to show out when you go up against the big boys. But, two, that offensive line was 
one of the worst group as a whole showings I've seen in college football over the last couple of years. Um, they completely let down their offense in general. They couldn't stop anything, even the rotational backup players at Alabama were getting to the quarterback and the running back in the backfield. Um, so Desmond Ritter and my guy Jerome Four, who I had talked up a little bit before the game, um, did all of nothing. Um, it'll be interesting to see where their draft stock leads. Uh, you couldn't really expect them to do much with the situation that they were in. But outside of those Cincinnati players, I'm done talking about them, I promise. Um, the guy who disappointed me the most and has me the most depressed is Sam Howe. He capped off what has been an extremely tumultuous up-and-down season, losing his top four weapons from the last two years, last year's draft. And he basically spent all year running and not really throwing the ball. He was turnover-plagued all season, and then he capped it off with this bowl game loss in a game where he needed to show out with an under 60% completion percentage for 200 yards, one passing touchdown, and only three rushing yards on 13 attempts. Not a great showing for the quarterback, and I am very low on Mr. Sam Howe. Um, if you remember from my actual conversation about my top fives, Mr. Howe was at number five. Going on to the running back position, the guy who's impressed me the most and who is just steady Eddie right in the backfield lurking in this running back class is Mr. Tyler Algier out of BYU. Um, he's been steady and just a disrespected monster really out of the backfield. He reminds me a lot of the situation of guys like Kareem Hunt, James Conner, Chase Edmonds, the smaller school backs with the production that is just screaming at you, the traits that are screaming at you, but he just doesn't have the big name that's going to catch your eyes. The draft scouts aren't going to be talking about him. Let me rephrase that. The main media draft scouts aren't going to be talking about him. There's quite a few guys out there that have been pretty high on him for the last couple of years. Shout out Mr. Craig from Keg Sports, but... When I'm looking at a guy like Tyler Algier, he's got the frame. He's 5'11", 220, maybe even a little bit heavier. He's got the athleticism. He doesn't have super long burners or super quick twitch, but he's got enough at both to make him extremely elusive. And then he capped off what was another great season, two back-to-back, even after Zach Wilson left BYU, with a 27 for 192 and three touchdowns on the ground performance, not to mention the couple of receptions and another 40 yards through the air. The guy with the name cachet over the last couple of years, specifically in the Devi circles, but without the actual production to back it up, is the University of Georgia's Zamir White. Um, he's been lauded over the last couple of years, came back, was supposed to be the man. Unfortunately, you have Cook also in that backfield, but it doesn't matter. He just doesn't have it in my eyes. He doesn't make the big plays that are necessary at the next level and continues to just kind of flounder the opportunities to produce on a big scale pop out in front of your eyes when he actually gets the opportunities. Um, the Devi name hype, like I said, uh, it's just going to doom people in my eyes going into this offseason. Um, don't be buying into Zamir White as a you know middle round running back. If he does actually declare this offseason, I would be staying away if I were you guys. And then looking at my first player, um, this category is what I classify... I told you I had a couple, but I have two. So it's a side note player to watch is what I want you guys to realize. And that is Travis Dye out of Oregon. So Travis Dye is going to be pigeonholed as a scat back player. He has basically the exact same measurables as a guy like Kyron Williams does out of Notre Dame. But he's way less of a higher profile than a guy like Kyron Williams. He put up this season over 1,300 yards with 16 touchdowns on the ground at over 6 yards a carry. And that's at 190, 195 pounds, somewhere in that range, and only 5'10". 
He's a smaller back. He needed the national showcase of the bowl game to deliver the pop in the media's eyes, in my opinion, and he delivered boy oh boy did he with an 18 carry for 153 yard day and one touchdown on the ground another five receptions for 45 yards through the air Um, balled out he's had two successful seasons increased production over the last three in total and this one he really burst onto the scene with this offensive basically juggernaut at the beginning of the season of Oregon he's basically the only piece that has continued perennially this year to actually pop off Going into the wide receiver position, I am disappointed with the wide receivers in this draft class, and that's based off of the number that opted out. Not due to their own personal decision, I would be doing the exact same thing if I was guaranteed $20 million basically on my NFL career contract. If I am a first-round player, which a lot of these guys have the pedigree to be a first and a second-round draft player, but there's only two that actually played in their bowl games that were inside my top 10 prior to the bowl games. And that is both my impressed player and my depressed player. The guy that impressed me, it's it's the guy I might be the biggest fan in all of fantasy sports right now for this man, and that's Jalen Cropper out of Fresno State. He's fast, he's physical, and he's electric with the ball in his hands, guys. He is amazing at contested catches when he shouldn't be with the frame that he has. He is basically Darnell Mooney. And I mean that with his play style. I mean that with his frame. I mean that with that it's my ball dog mentality that you all know that I love. He comes down with every contested catch that he goes up with. He's got the deep speed. Now, he does not have the 4-3 speed that Darnell Mooney has. Trust me, I'm not saying they're the exact same. Um, But I realistically can see him running in the mid to low 4-4s. He has kind of that weird lanky frame, kind of like that Devonta Smith, kind of like that Darnell Mooney, where they're a little bit thinner than you think they should be. But he's taken hit after hit at Fresno State. He keeps impressing. And it's not going to blow you out of the water with the stat line, but if you watch the game, which I did, um, he basically led Fresno State to that win with nine receptions, 72 yards, no touchdowns, but was prime target for Jake Haney when he came back to the Fresno Bulldogs. And the only other top 10 on my list to play is the guy that I'm severely concerned about, and that's Mr. George Pickens out of the University of Georgia. So a couple of Georgia Bulldogs, even though they kicked the crap out of Michigan State and go Ohio State, woot woot, um, they are guys that I'm very concerned about with their drafts um, capital going into this offseason. He's lacking the explosion that he had prior to the injury. Uh, I know he wanted to come back. I know he wanted to showcase himself, but this is one of those situations where he may have wanted to just show his pedigree and show what he was able to do over the last couple years, Mr. George Pickens, and then come out as opposed to come out, try to rush yourself back after the injury and then just kind of put up lackluster. Um, I know it looks good on him for wanting to come back, be with his team and win that national championship. It's probably something he wants to do himself, but it's not great. Um, I'm hoping the offseason allows him to heal for his combine measurables to hopefully lift his draft stock um, but it's not anywhere going to be in my eyes what we expected him to be he had a couple of big plays and he's had them sprinkled in but he just has not been the same and hasn't looked the same since coming back from that injury so he's depressed just for the stats wise he only caught one reception for nine yards and that actual absolute ass whooping that we saw against the michigan wolverines so it's just something i'm concerned about um, going on to the tight end position. Oh, sorry. Uh, not going on to the tight end position. Uh, another one of my uh, small name players or side note players to watch is a guy out of Kentucky. All right. 
So this is a receiver that, in my eyes, has had a very, very, very quiet season. Um, and that is Wandale Robinson. So Wandale Robinson has not had a lot of production over the last couple of years, but what he did this year was just catch a casual over 100 balls for over 1,300 receiving yards, put up another 10 receiving touchdowns with a couple of carries out of the backfield. So he, again, is a little bit of a smaller guy. He's sitting at 6'1", a little a little over 185 would be my guess, um, but he's a guy with tons of explosion. Uh, this Kentucky offense likes athletes more than polished players, and he's a guy that I'm excited to actually watch when it comes to this next level. Um, overall, like I said, his season was extremely impressive. He capped it off with a great bowl game as well. Um, his season average wasn't as great on the receiving end. It was only about 13 yards per reception, but in the bowl game against Iowa, a great defense. He put up 10 receptions for 170 yards. He was basically that Kentucky offense in that upset win over Iowa. So it's just a guy that I would be very intrigued at if he gets draft capital. It's a name to watch. And again, that is Wandell Robinson out of the University of Kentucky. And then going on to the last position of note for me, guys, I am going to be talking about the tight ends. And the tight ends, um, once again, pretty much any of the guys that are coming out that we were actually interested in as being top end players didn't play in their bowl games but two players that did was a guy i didn't know a lot about and a guy that i told you to be avoiding and he showed why you should be avoiding him the first is Payne durham out of purdue um, anyone who watched that purdue upset as well had to have been impressed with what they saw from mr durham uh he looked incredibly speedy and he looked good with his long speed specifically at 6'5, 260 it wasn't a lot of broken coverage plays it was just him out maneuvering and outmanning guys over the middle he has good hands he's reliable on the outside which i like according to that game and so i'm excited to look a little bit more of his tape i'm curious if he does declare because he is a junior but after a game like that in the national spotlight where he puts up five catches for 85 yards and two touchdowns at the tight end position he's got a good blocking pedigree all in all according to his metrics um, I'm excited to see if he comes out. It may be just another tight end sleeper in classic fashion that we all love to chase after. And then the guy at the end of this list of all the players, my friends, is Mr. Jaleel Billingsley. He depressed me, um, but it's not a depressed due to high expectations. It's a depressed just based off of uh, why do we keep talking him up as a large draft prospect. Um, he has athleticism. Um, he's also, for anyone that's curious, he's coming out of the University of Alabama. Um, he is what I thought he was. He's an athletic blocker with pretty much no upside in the pass game. He doesn't get the targets. He doesn't show that he deserves the targets because he goes down pretty much immediately after taking all of his carries. And he basically showcased that in the Alabama buck kicking once again in a game where they were screaming for pass catching help with their top two options and Jamison Williams and John Mechie both out for that game. After very early on with Jamison Williams, they were just relying on freshmen and guys that didn't see a lot, their leading receiver only had 65 receptions on four uh, four receptions. So seeing only a one target for one reception in 12-yard game from Jaleel Billingsley, it's just something that I don't like. Um, the injuries with the game script, everything was pointing towards him being more introduced to the game. But once again, they just allowed him to block for Brian Robinson. Um, again, the two players I didn't really want to talk about in this game over and all were the Cincinnati guys on the other scope. Um, you all know how I feel about Brian Robinson. I'm a big Brian Robinson fan. Um, I've been talking about him um, here in the group chat specifically. I talked about him quite a bit 
uh, quite a while ago, actually, with a guy named Kevin Harris out of the University of South Carolina. Um, they're my two sleepers um, at the running back position. They're pretty much just hammers and big boys all in all. But um, I don't really want to talk about them because everyone's going to be talking about Brian Williams for the next couple of weeks. So I'm trying to give you some other names to think about and digest at this early period of the fantasy season. So you guys can get a kickstart for any of you tape watchers out there. I really recommend you go and take a look at Mr. Uh, Durham. I'm planning on doing the same as well as Jalen Cropper. That would be my biggest, um, my biggest push towards you is to go and watch some Fresno state game tapes. Um, they currently have them on fantasy nerds. Uh, sorry, not fantasy nerds, dynasty nerds, nerd room for their player prospect profiles. I'm a big fan of Jalen Cropper and I think you guys will be too. I'm also excited to dive a little bit more into Travis die. Um, so again, just some of those smaller note side note players, for you guys here. Um, my two little nuggets that I'll give you right now, looking way, way ahead, even though we're just now diving into the 2022 class, is two of the bowl standouts at the quarterback position that I am very excited for, for their declaring in 2023. That is Coastal Carolina's Grayson McCall and Wake Forest's Sam Hartman. They are men. They are ballers. If you watch those bowl games, they were just chucking the ball all over the place, and they looked amazing as true sophomores. Um, I'm very excited to watch more tape, watch them next year and see when they declare specifically, but those are two guys, long shots. Um, overall, this has been a pretty short episode. Like I said, I just wanted to give you a quick hitter here. Um, hopefully the sound quality is okay. I actually tried a little bit of a different thing. I'm in Chicago. Um, weather's kind of crappy. I had to do some weird stuff for this week's episode, but uh, excited to get one out, excited to start diving into the Dynasty Warzone Rookie Rundown, and we're going to get into my pretty full schedule. Um, I will be introducing and including quite a few new faces this season with some guest appearances and some new guest content on the Rookie Rundown, so look forward to that, guys. As always, it is a pleasure being here. It's a pleasure talking rookies, and it's a pleasure to be a part of the DWZ Network. If you got any questions, hit me up. You know where to, at Sal Galore, and if you're not in the Patreon already, you should be. Signing off until next week. When we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. We won a game yesterday. And if we win one today, that's two in a row. We win one tomorrow, that's called a winning streak.